Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 186 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Colin Phoenix Defire Ford, Head of Archives at uh, Lave Station, and joining me in this orange sideway tonight, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Ben Mosswoodwood Edleweiss. Ah, oh, you can't beat Ben of Airwolf. Here's Airwolf. We also have our chief bar steward, um, Grant Psychocow Wolcott. Good evening, everybody. And yeah, Ben totally, totally did ask for that. I asked for Airwolf, not the Cosby Show. Mm. That's enough. Let's move on from the Cosby Show, shall we? Uh, um, we've got our director of pest control, Dr. Toxic, Ashley Devine. Good. Uh, what time is it? Good evening. It is evening, well spotted. And our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. I was just waiting for Cal to announce the uh, public release of his mixtape. <laughs> what, Childhood <laughs> of the 70s? <laughs> yes. Cows, TV theme tunes. <clears throat> well, no, I was actually working on updating the Live Radio TV hour with some new tunes and stuff, so I had to sort Somehow- through them all. Somehow I got the feeling it'd be a special offer from Telco Records. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is old enough to remember Telco Records. Moving on. Okay, tell. Uh, available in no record shops near you shops. ever. <laughs> Ever, yeah. <laughs> if you wish, you can join us live. Well, we're actually hanging out and gaming both the Xbox. And Ben, are you around Live Station on the PC? I am indeed. I'm here with. Uh, Commando Miggles, Paul Archer, Nephelius. Uh We're all we're all here at the moment outside of okay. Lave on the PC. I don't know if anyone's uh, made it on the Xbox though. Yes, yeah, so we've got Grant streaming live from the Xbox uh, because because he can. To be honest, um, tonight we'll have a quick. Um, going around all, all the, everybody, see what they've been up to for the last couple of weeks or so, uh, and of course, uh, if you cannot get to us in game there's also the twitch chat channel which you can access through laveradio.com slash live click on the live twitch and twitch tv slash live radio so let's see we'll start with um commander shan what have you been up to for the last week well i've been helping nurse my recovering son back to full health he's doing much better he's now off the antibiotics and we are now officially allowed to go outside by the government. Yay. Um, in-game, I haven't done very much at all, really, because of time constraints. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I've basically been focusing on family this week. Oh, as, yeah, family first and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Dr. Toxic, uh, another invalid for, for, for the moment. How are you holding up? Barely. Barely. Um, <laughs> I've been back and forth to the doctors all week. Yay. And, yeah, that's been fun, urine tests and all that. Um, yeah. You're the youngest of yeah. us. You shouldn't have these problems. Yeah, well. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm human. Expecting, I get these problems. I'm half expecting to drop dead any moment. and you just, I, don't, I don't understand it. Uh, okay, Ben. Don't go there. Don't go there. Ben, what have you been up to for the last week? 
Uh, in game, I've been actually leveling up my alt quite a bit because um, I think we we covered it a wee bit earlier. But we've got Distant Worlds two coming up at the end of the year, and I want to I want to get somebody on it. I think if I can, um, Aid is obviously ready for it, but his little sister not so much. So you know, she on on Friday night she was basically in a sidewinder with a hundred credits. And when I stopped playing yesterday lunchtime after I was not yesterday, Sunday lunchtime after I was streaming, um, she made it up to about five million in a cobra. By basically, I've been doing a whole lot of stuff helping the truckers out because they were having problems with Wolf Three Five Nine, and then we had a war in Barnard Star. So mm. I've been doing all that kind of stuff. Well, so did that's... the truckers repel the Borg at Wolf Three Five Nine? The truckers have successfully, as far as I'm aware, I don't want to, famous last words, um, as far as I'm aware, the truckers have successfully defended Wolf 359 from the Borg. <coughs> oh, the, from the Borg. Uh, Although, they might be using biological attacks, apparently. Uh, um, um, and we are busy interdicting David Bruben, stealing his jumpers off him and you know, trying to capture Michelle and things like that in Barnard Star to make sure that we retain control of that. Right. So, yes. How does Mr. Shouty Man feel about Barnard Star being taken over by the uh, the truckers, I wonder? You will need to wait until LaveCon to hear the <laughs> Dockers Live <laughs> podcast to find out. Oh. Most of the point, how, how does Mr. Swallows feel about having new management? I have no idea. You'll have to ask Mr. Shadyman. He's <laughs> he's the one that puts words in in very foul words in my mouth. So that's 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 all I'm going to say on the matter. I have no no control over what well, happens with it. If it's that late, it probably won't be at your mouth either. Will it? Actually, unfortunately. <coughs> well, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, it will be. So, um, yes. It's time. I know everybody waits this week for the for this special moment. So, let's have our bathroom update, Grant. How are you doing? <laughs> right. Well, on Saturday last week, the special polymer was placed on the floor, and the uh, sort of top surface proper cement board flooring before tiles was placed down. It will set, and then water treatment will be going, and underfloor <coughs> heating wiring will go down, and then it will be time for the tiles. And when the tiles go down. The bathroom is done. So, um, yeah, we're doing great. Simon gets tomorrow off because it's his birthday, uh, which, you know, is traumatic enough having a birthday. Uh, never mind having a birthday on Valentine's Day. Because, you know, oh, that's. Yeah, Simon. Oh, I don't know. I've drawn a short yeah. straw there. I've got doctor's Simon, Simon. on my birthday next week. Well, uh, he shares his birthday with my mother in law. It's one of those things where, you know, you'd have always got a card on Valentine's Day, so I suppose that's a. That's a small mute point. The problem is you never know which ones you can open in front of your mum and the ones that you can't. So that's, <laughs> that's where my sympathy comes from. Um, and, of course, the fact that I kept sending him rude Valentine's Day cards on his birthday. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's a small part that it played. So, yeah, Bathroom Watch is going great so far. Um, it's actually been a, a, a busy week in the world of, uh, obviously, my wife's artwork. Um, we've been working hard towards some large contracts this year that are um, very high demand in Spain 
and uh, that's what we've been trying to keep Susie working to on a daily basis, which she's managing to keep up, which is great. So, yeah, we went out for a, a meal last night, uh, which we don't do very often because she's never usually up for it. I mean, she's broken today. <laughs> she's totally and utterly broken today. But she enjoyed her meal last night, and that was good. So, yeah, things are <sighs> things are, are, are going quite positive. It just is a, a very different demand on my time than I'm used to now. Um, as all of us will know who have had either friends, families, or have dealt with depression themselves, it is something that requires an awful lot of time to tackle and to take it on properly. And sometimes it is just a write-off day. And sometimes we have those. But um, she's certainly doing a lot better. Well, that's a more positive note. And and how's everybody in the truckers doing with the... uh with the wars, had uh, have you been involved in that? No, I haven't had a chance. Um, my my elite machine has now been nicked, oh. so that's why I'm on the Xbox. And um, yeah, Susie has genuinely uh, genuinely nicked, or, or just no, Susie's acquired it. Simu's borrowed it for a bit. Ah, right. She's decided that she wants to play some games that keep her very happy. In fact, at the moment, she's playing something called Staxel, which is kind of like a, a Minecraft cloned uh, farming game. All oh, right, uh, and so she's using my machine to access that because it doesn't have a a Mac <coughs> version or an iOS version that would be able to sort of sort it. So for the time being, until I sort something out more permanent for her, she's using that my VR machine. I've, oh. got, to, I've got to play in actual reality. Do you know how boring? You've got that is? you've got to play in flat. You've joined us flat screeners. Yes, yeah, it's, it's miserable. <laughs> how do you guys <laughs> put up with this? Oh, shut your first world problem, <laughs> whinging. Anyway, personally, well, I've been ill for the last couple of weeks, so uh, that's why I wasn't able to, to make it on last week's show. And, of course, I, I think the blood pressure tablets have settled, settled me down since the last appearance. Um, unfortunately, I've also had no internet whatsoever, so turned out Virgin Media put something on my on the wires outside, which stopped us having in internet, then surprisingly enough, fixed it all by taking them away. Uh, so I've been actually playing Elite Dangerous, helping people out at the Oracle, but I've been playing in solo via my mobile phone. And I must admit, I was quite impressed. It, it didn't use up much of my bandwidth. It didn't use up much data from my mobile phone plan. And um, there was no noticeable... Uh, um, slow down whatsoever uh, when getting missions or go or, or flying about. So um, I was a bit dubious when I heard David Braben turning around and saying, oh, in solo mode, you're able to play it on even a mobile phone signal. And I was there going, yeah, okay, fair enough. But yeah, he's, he's right. You can. And uh, it, it wasn't 4G that I've got either. So I'm reasonably impressed. So moving on. We have some development news for everybody. Uh, the first thing is that, obviously, Beta 3.0 has closed. It closed last week uh, on Friday. And on Thursday night, Sandro gave a lot of clarifications on how crime and punishment has been shaping up in the Beta. So, Shan, do you want to start going through some of the bits on this? Oh, last week was a long time ago. Um, 
Yeah, the, the, the pieces I, I remember was there was a particular bug in one of the beaters that meant that the amount of money you had to pay to get your ship clean was drastically um, rigi- too big. And there was a yeah. bug that, that, um, that meant if you got a 100 credit bounty, you would have to pay a certain percentage of your rebuy cost. Um, so that was now fixed. Um, they also introduced a um, a decay on notoriety. Yes. So it's, it's now one pip every two hours, I believe. And mm-hmm. the changes um, to the interstellar um, repayment guy, actions guy, you now can't pay off your bounty if you have a positive notoriety. Yeah. Which goes from uh, zero to ten. It is, yeah. If, yeah. if you're 10, you're a very naughty boy. Yeah, fair enough. Can I just offer a quick clarification on that? It's two hours of in-game time, isn't it, Shan? Not it is, yeah. Two hours. Not two hours. Yeah, it's, All it's, right, it's, so you, you don't time. log out and log back in again and you're fine? I don't think so. I think I'm pretty sure it's... You've got to actually be... Well, I'm not going to say playing, because I suppose you could log off in the station and then come back 10 hours later. But, sorry, come back... Um, is it uh, twenty hours later? I mean, wow, that's that's actually quite a. Well, that's if you go if you're going from ten to if you're going from ten down to one. But so a factor of ten would be assuming uh, would be ten ships you kill within two hours. Yeah, and these these ships you gain notoriety not just by playing, uh, killing normal. Uh, sorry, not by killing. Um, uh, piloted ships, player piloted ships, you also gain a right to buy normal ships as well. Yes, it doesn't distinguish between NPCs and players. Here's so a question, what about skimmers? Try it. Yeah, go yeah. on. You're going to be the... <laughs> I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you try that in shenanigans. Because um, I'm just thinking, these skimmer missions where it's like, go off and kill 50 skimmers, could, you know, you'll never recover, well, you will recover from that, but you know what I mean. From my messing about, I don't think it counts for skimmers. Mm. I don't recall it because uh, I, I didn't get I, I didn't get ATR come after me when I was blowing up skimmers. skimmers. Okay. I mean, you know, I very rarely do anything illegal. I try, I try to mainly, well, I try, I try not to murder things, but yeah, or at least I try not to murder innocents. But you know, I know there have been quite a few times when I was like. <coughs> Excuse me again. You, know, you for a mission, you go off and kill so many of this faction, and that's fine. That faction's hostile in your zone, but you've got to go off to their their base and kill them. And of course, you're the guys who are evil and hostile, not them. Which means you know you get big nasty bounties and everything like that on your head. Right. I mean. Um, from what I understand from this one, uh, bounties are attached to ships, not commanders. So if you switch to a ship with no bounty, you will not be wanted. Bounties never run out. They last forever until they are claimed or paid off with the using the interstellar factors. 
Uh, and if your combined bounty slash fine value for jurisdictions aligned to a superpower exceeds more than two million, they'll be conglomerated into an interstellar bounty, which will make you wanted in all jurisdictions controlled by factions aligned with that superpower. So effectively, that is giving you a wanted poster in the entire of the Federation or the Alliance or the Imperial systems. Yeah, so you can go, I'm wanted in 12 systems or whatever it's from Star Wars. Uh, right. So, <laughs> I won't be running into any, any uh, desert bars at this rate. I'm far too clean. Well, you're fine as long as you shoot first. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, there's a there's an interesting route. Well, as long as you shoot first and it comes up wanted, and you can see a little wanted sign in the in the, in the corner. Yes, don't shoot first if the wanted sign doesn't come up because, um, yeah, rather controversially, I think, um, if you do that, you'll get a bounty on your ship for assault, which in the current release means you get a 10 minute, you've been a bad boy, jump out and come back. Yes. Bounty. But in the new one, it's if we see you with it on, you're blown up, mate, and you're dead. <laughs> along with your crew member and everyone else you know. So <laughs> the, the, the penalties for not shooting when the scan hasn't completed are significantly greater. Yeah, I, I had that problem during the beta. I had a, I was I was helping out a federal battleship in one of the, the, uh, the threat fours, and um, I had one bullet, one class three bullet accidentally clipped the shields of this battle cruiser that was it i had a hundred credit bounty put on me every ship uh decided to attack me i managed to get my t10 out but then in the weird system on the weird locality there isn't uh, an interstellar uh factor to with the uh a base big enough to take a t10 so I, for 100 credits, I was basically out the beta for a week while I was looking around, trying to find somewhere to get rid of this bounty. And that is a potential issue, I feel, because if you, if you do the bounty CGs, which I guess we'll touch on later, but if you do the bounty CGs and you're in a ship that needs a large landing pad, that's quite a hefty time out because you cannot go back to that system. No. Uh, and dock to cash in your rewards until you've cleaned it. So for the sake of a 100 credit fine, it's actually quite debilitating game-wise. And I think it's disproportionate to the amount of um, damage that you may have caused the other ship. Yeah, I mean, I did raise it as a bug report because I, I felt that I thought that there was, there was supposed to be some kind of, uh, you know, a, a bit of leeway about friendly fire. Uh, well, yeah, but I don't. I, know actually, I heard be. from the developers that they basically consider if you've got somebody targeted and you shoot, it ain't friendly fire. But I didn't have it targeted. It it, it just. Well, that's that's a bug. But if you know, let's say for sake of argument, I was to accidentally press my trigger just now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I've got Nephilius targeted, I would be banned from Lave Station. Huh. And things like that. Yeah, I don't even have to, you know, just like a quick a, a quick kiss and I'd be I'd have a bounty on my head and you bye-bye. Know, yeah. The I main mean, culprits for this I found were NPC crew and fighters. 
So what about if you had Nophelius targeted and then you shot me accidentally because I was doing that something would be stupid okay. like flying in front of you? Within that's, bounds. That's Within bounds, that's yes. where they've yes. increased the limit. So if you... Now, it'd, it'd be interesting two. to see what... It'd be interesting to see what the bounds is. Is it one shot, five shots, ten shots? I think it depends on the damage that you cause. Now, if you have phase sequence weapons, you're in trouble because phase sequence goes directly through shields and hits the hull. Mm. So, if so, you might be able to get away with, you know, a half a second burst of multi cannon fire, but a single phase sequence pulse laser that damages the hull would be enough to get you the uh, bounty. Mm. So I think everyone should start investing in smart bullets. <laughs> so what about... So uh, that then begs the question, what about if the person you're not targeting but have shot accidentally doesn't have shields at the time? So whether the shields have been taken out or whether they never had shields installed to begin with? I believe because it goes if, on if that happens, I was gonna, Even if that happens... Uh, sorry, when that happens, even if you use mining lasers as weapons, you're going to cause damage to the hull. Okay, so. Ben, do you want to jump in there? Uh, I was literally just typing that was ages ago when I was saying I want to jump in. <laughs> you know, that was like, yeah, that was about 10 minutes ago. Ah, oh, well, never mind then. We'll show, unless it's felt relevant, we'll just move on. Um, I'm, I actually, I just butted in instead. Don't worry about it. Ah, that's fine. Uh, well, I must admit, when you do get the 100 credit bounty, the bounty hunters do come after you. And it is very much like that Captain Jack meme. It's only 100 credits! I do think it's a slight flaw in the system in that you could be surrounded by pirates with 100,000 credit bounties and stuff like that. And if you just happen to get a 100 credit bounty on you, Every single policeman in the entire system instantly focuses on you. Yes, when there are lots and lots of more valuable targets. I suppose they could argue that, oh no, it's a pilot federation person that's gone bad. That means that they're more of a threat. And we'll leave that there then. <laughs> so, I mean, when Sandra was answering the questions, did... Uh, did he actually manage to explain the whole thing? Uh, did he clear things up for you? Uh, there's, a few, there's a few areas that I think he hadn't quite understood the question or the question had been worded in such a way as to make it so, you know, he misunderstood what the answer could be. Mm. But yeah. I guess we'll come on to that when we talk about um, our beta 3 memories and stuff. Yeah. But it's always very difficult when you're when you, someone writes a question down and they aren't around to have clarification. So you can read a question one way and assume it means this, where in fact it means something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I must not, admit, I, I did think there was a couple of odd answers out there that didn't seem to, to mark with the, the question. Being fair to Sandy, though, I know sometimes when you're sitting on the spot, especially if it's live... Mm -hmm. You you can be asked, you know, like, what is your name? And you answer Tuesday. Yeah. You know, it's very, very easy to do just when you're sitting there with the spotlight on, going completely in a weird direction. Yeah, I, I did notice that someone did ask about the old DDF, whether or not that was being resurrected. Uh, I kind of got the, the impression that that was now replaced with this focused feedback. 
approach that they're they're now using. I think so because that matches what Ed said on the show last week. I think doesn't it? Yeah, right. Oh, about does. the GDF last week. Yeah, because I know there's a, there's a few people in the in the GDF that that uh, are missing it, but uh, I guess we've moved on since then. Uh, well, in other news, uh, we have had uh, a change to the community goal with Ram Tar. Uh, has anyone else seen this one? I'm not taking part, but I saw it had been changed, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm, the same. I'm aware of it, but... Yeah, and at the moment, it, it does seem that the uh, uh, the levels that were initially set for the uh, the Ram Tar's last, uh, last gasp, so to speak, um, they were set far too high. Hurrah. It's Ram Tar's last hurrah. <laughs> hurrah. Well, uh, yeah, they, they were set too high. People were complaining that they've only got one pixel. It was very similar to um, uh, the Thargoid biopsy missions that was there earlier. So, um, yeah, that, that's that been uh, altered for the next couple of days, and they've already managed to achieve Tier 1. So the Guardian... Um, the Guardian artifacts are actually now going to be worth something if you if you want to carry on doing that. So, has anybody seen Newsletter 213? Uh, I read it. But I don't re- I, it's, it's one of these newsletter lie, I think, because we had so much news with the uh, with the beta ending and the clarification streams. It just quite, I think it tends to be a bit uh, fluffy when that happens. We do have the, you know, there was the information for that Frontier are doing a community meet, well, a Frontier meet at when they go to PAX East in April. That's right, and there was, there was a thread uh, about that on the forum, isn't there, asking yep. if, who'd want tickets or whatever. We change our name and then you decide to give it to Frontier anyway. Well, Fr- well Frontier are now calling it Frontier Meet. Yeah. That's because they've got all the different things. Um, and actually, just to, be, just to really wind the <laughs> Elite Community Meetup, it's actually called Frontier Community Elite Meet. <laughs> just to really confuse everybody. <laughs> um, I think the biggest but, difference is that they have, what, free beer? No, they don't. That's just, yeah. that's just a rumour. <laughs> I'm just making that oh, up. They, they, had free, they had free beer in Birmingham. Ooh. Yes, if you go to PAX East, they give you a free anaconda. <laughs> it's not free it's 100 credits god's sake we all know this um, right anyway i think we're kind of at the it's end not of that an so anaconda you... it's a chieftain not yet it'll be a chieftain once we get into uh beyond season three into season three shall we go for an advert break and then we can start talking about the main discussion stuff which kind of fo- follows on from where we were really doesn't it or is there anything else in the newsletter that was grabbing anyone No, I didn't think so. It was, as, as you say, Sh- Shan, it was kind of a, a, news, a newsletter light thing, I guess. Uh, um, one thing I do miss is the old developer diaries. Do you remember those from ages ago? I, I miss them. Rages. But, yeah, I, I'd say they've, they've kind of morphed into the stuff we're getting on the streams rather than, you know, here's a load of text on page, which... I think I prefer, you know, certainly it's, it's nice to see the devs up on stream and, you know, like that, oh, the 
when they go in depth and things, that's even better. The I can't remember what it's called now. No, like that that thing that they did with Doc Doctor Anthony Ross and things. Oh, um, Discovery Scanner. Yeah, that's it. The, <coughs> the Disco Scanner. Yeah, that was awesome. And if they're doing more things like that, so much the better. You know, I've, I've noticed yeah. that we are becoming lazy as a um, species. I was we just thinking about this myself recently. Um, someone was telling me about coming. a product which I'm not going to openly discuss here, but um, he gave me a couple of links which were um, basically forum threads, and my first reaction was, wall of text, where's YouTube? <laughs> I know I'm the same. There's YouTube. You... I'm sorry, but I want I want to see someone poking it or you know fiddling with it or doing what you do with it so that I can see. You know, is that the sort of thing I want to be doing, or yeah. do I want to find an alternative? I'm very much the same with audiobooks. It's, you know, yes, yeah, it's audiobooks as well. You know, I, I'm I, like I don't want to read this. Give me an audiobook, and then I go and tell um, my do it in a Texas speech thing, and the and then I just cry. Anyway, should we should we move <laughs> into that advert break? Why not? Why not? Come on down to Wagger's World of Witcraft. Are you tired of dazzling pilots with that bare skin? Then Wagger's World of Witcraft have the perfect wig for you. Wagger's World of Witcraft specialise in many areas from top to bottom, with wigs fit for an emperor. Wagger's employ a crack team of hair collecting agents in their department, Wagger's Bush Waggers, who pride themselves on natural hair collection technique. Cut, pluck, or suck, they will fill their hair sack by the end of shift. Using the best quality natural hair in all our products, give Wagger's wigs that natural look and feel. Balding on top, bushy banana, let us address that balance. Wagger's bushwhackers will collect the hair from down there and graft it up top for those long curly locks as part of their hair relocation process. We also specialize in facial hair with our patented Lip Fairy brand making all the facial hair for Boyle Becker. And at this moment, we have a huge sale on ginger beards and moustaches. Our on-site technicians can help you decide where you need the hair most. Choose a style and make sure in the end you get hair right down. New this month, why not try the Lip Fairy's newest model, the Mild Green Hairy Lip Wig? Or maybe you're lurking for the Merkin. We'll lurk no more. Our willy waggers come in several styles, including German, Brazilian, dreadlock, and beaded for all your needs. So whether it's rugs, slugs, or tugs, you can always find the wig for your rig down at Waggers World of Wig. Oh, that cut the end off. Oh. Can you remember who did the audio for that? It wasn't the senator himself, was it? No, I don't. I don't think I, I ever managed to con uh, Drew into doing an advert for us. No, that was, of course, as Alien has guessed in the chat. That was yep, Keith Os Wilkins. Uh, we did a number of adverts with him at first. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll maybe do the other one later. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to agree with what's been. It, 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 we need the full version. Uh, yeah, that was I like I like that advert. We we miss these things. 
Yeah, I think we've got to do a little bit more in the way of adverts, I think. Yeah. Someone asked there, what's it got to do with Elite? Okay, right, so if we can take it back to the Waggers world of Wigcraft, of course, who Drew Wagar uh, was always being called Drew Wagger, and it drove him mad, so we decided we would just go whole hog and create it. The ginger beards and moustaches were because Michael Brooks put out a challenge that if we raised £1,000 for the Mobra, if you remember we were doing the, uh, the what was it, the, uh, Crikey, what's it called? Movember. Movember. Yeah. And if we raised a thousand pounds he would shave off his moustache and beard and so we did that, hence why there was an excess of ginger beards and moustaches. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically it was just kinda set in the uh, Dockers universe before Dockers was our thing. So these are all precursors. So that's that's kinda how it fitted in because there wasn't an elite dangerous universe at that point. We had to make our own. Yes, it was a potential universe. Pre Big Bang, how's that? Oh, I just have to mention Big Bang, and you go all smutty, don't you? Always. Oh, <sighs> I haven't even gone there. <laughs> you, Grant's got that laugh. Anyway, and um, our main discussion is now that the the beta. Uh, for chapter one is over. Uh, we thought we'd touch on a couple of things that uh, of, of what the crew's experience was during that beta. So um, I'll, I'll take the things a little bit uh, one at a time. Uh, one of the big highlights of the beta was obviously the Chieftain. As Ed was uh, mentioning yesterday, or last week rather, it, it did seem that the, the new ship did have a lot of people log in and test the beta just to to see what it was like. I mean, did anyone fly one? What were their impressions? I loved it. I'm I'm as I've said before. I I far prefer flying the more nimble ships, uh, and that's the whole reason why I fly a vulture rather than a Ferdinand, for example. And I could definitely see myself swapping my vulture for a for a chieftain sorry um and then once you get it all engineered up as well then i think that could become a very potent little beast they did improve it significantly by uh, adjusting the lateral thrusters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean it's already pretty nimble it was just easy to land on a planet after they've done it and it's um in flight assist off mode it changed the characteristics quite substantially um i'll probably buy one but will i use it every day no i think i'll i think i'll use it for when i get bored of doing stuff the easy way mm-hmm. I mean, here's something i mean talking about the chieftain you know I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a cure back at the moment and i know a lot of people were wanting the chieftain's nacelles to to rotate and give you, you know, for giving you, actually showing you the vectored thrust, a bit like how the Chieftain does, but although I like that idea, I just, I, I've always felt on the keelback it looks very, you know, how the hell are these things which are 30 metres long swivelling around that fast without momentum kicking in? It just gives it comedy value though, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, I quite like the keelback. I like the keelback. I just think it's little twizzly engine bits. It's just like, how the hell is it doing that? What happened to physics? Something no, else physics. that's um, <laughs> physics broken is the um, the engines don't 
fire up at the same time the physics engines fire up. Mm-hmm. That too. So when you put your landing gear up, the engines speed up immediately. But if you watch the animation, it actually takes a couple of moments. Yeah, the landing gear's got to completely retract and the engines get back to position before the uh, graphics will kick in. I didn't actually notice that bit, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I, I love the Chieftain. I'm look, really looking forward well, to getting one. Just something I noticed, yeah, um, Grant could probably show it off on the stream, is um, if you fly with your landing gear down, retract your landing gear while you're in the cockpit, at the moment you retract your landing gear, the ship speeds up. Now, in the Chieftain, if you've got some, some of your engines turned off, surely it'd take a while for them to spool up. The engine wasn't actually turned off, it was just pointing down, which raises the question of well, why it, the hell, when it's pointing at a 45 degree angle down, isn't your ship flipping end over end over end whenever you've got well, landing gear down? When I was playing with it in the external camera, while your landing gear was down, the, your um, engines that were pointed down were turned off. Oh, well, okay, but I saw them lit up, but I, I could be wrong. Um... I don't know, I'm not in the game at the minute, so I couldn't oh, verify. The Chiefs is not in the game either, so hey. Yeah. I think more science oh, yeah, be better done. Place. That is true. You're jumping, so, uh, jumping, jump, jumping, jumping, test. <laughs> Just cost me my flipping cobra. <laughs> Wait, you will you try didn't have to do it pointing at a space station, ring. you... Yeah. Personage. I, I suggest doing these things. I didn't suggest doing it while pointing at the space station. Uh, yes. Mm. So, the, one of the other big things that uh, was in the release were the planetary improvements. Now, I was actually quite impressed with this, especially when we all decided to meet up at least T2, and for the first time, I could see that the Beige Plague had been um, disbanded. I mean, what is everybody, what's everybody else's impressions on that one? I really like the improvements. I thought they... I thought they were a great first step into ridding us of the beige plague. And apparently, um, as confirmed on the live stream, the color of the planet does represent what minerals are on the planet, although they did leave it up to us to work out exactly what was what. Well, I'm quite sure Canon will introduce a, a wiki on the whole thing, probably within 20 minutes of the thing being released. <sighs> Not that I'm saying that they're that they're just very good at doing this kind of thing. Uh, was this about the dark side not being so dark anymore? Yes, apparently people noticed that the um, the dark side of the planet was no longer directly black. It was more of a dark grey. Um, so it was no longer possible. So you could actually see where you were going when you landed on a planet. Uh, rather than being completely um, blind. Mm. Um, but Frontier did chip in and say not to worry, this is a temporary measure, um, uh. because because when they do redo the lighting at the Q, Q4 update, then all will be uh, fixed. Revealed. <laughs> but, 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 but for the moment, it's no longer properly black, which upsets some people because they like being able to crash in the dark. Ah, uh, yes. As I understand things, though, that actually dark, dark side on planets was 
a bug that was introduced in three, which people then like, this is awesome. The dark side of the planet's actually dark. And then Frontier went off and fixed the bug. And it was like, oh, I can see again. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I do agree that it is very jarring when you're coming into the dark side of a planet and it's all of a sudden, let there be light. Um, but I've always felt like our cockpit is definitely, it has to be presenting a false view of what's going on anyway. Otherwise, we'd be blinded every single time we do a frameshift jump. See, I quite missed it because uh, one of my memories of going out to Beagle Point and going right to the edge of the galaxy is that if you land on the dark side of a planet when you're that far out, it is almost completely black. All you can see is black. And to not have that depth of black, if you see where I'm coming from, is a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what I would actually, I'd really like us to get, so I don't know how they'd quite do it, would be almost like some kind of false representation scanner package where you can see, like, what we see at the moment, let's call it augmented colors. You could have true color. You could have like a thermal overlay, maybe some kind of LIDAR overlay and things like that. And just different ways to show you what's outside your cockpit. Which I think would be really, really interesting to see, but that's just me. Yeah, the only thing I think of that is development time. Pause that, sorry, Shan? I mean, sort of like a night vision mode or infrared or whatever it is. I mean, you could have the the dark light thing for, like, not the dark light, that's something totally else that you probably don't want to look around the orange sidewinder using. Um, You'd have the the night vision stuff, like either the grey one like they got or the the green one. Um, And then, yeah, thermal, obviously. Just a lot of... I think it could add a lot of gameplay into that using that kind of alternative scanning mechanisms. So, um, working through some of the, the lesser-known features, because there, there were two big ones which seemed to dominate this release, uh, what did everyone think of the new trade tools? I thought they were really good. I, I think they're a really good supplement to EDDB. Um, I don't yeah. think they'll replace EDDB. EDDB. Um, but for players who don't want to use external... <laughs> sites they make I'm, I'm sorry Sean when when you say say that website name again EDDB yeah you sound like Tweaky from Buck Rogers <laughs> I am so sorry so would you rather we call it EDDB then <laughs> no you've got to stick with it now <laughs> well what's up oh, Buck? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I hadn't noticed that but that is so true so does that make you Wilma then, Colin? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure that I'd be quite happy to be Doctor Hewer at my rate. I'm the old one, remember? Anyway, I think anyway for people who don't want to use that website, um, I think it's a very useful tool. Yes. I'm not sure what the truckers thought of it. Um, did you play with it at all, Cal? By the way. Nope, can't say that. After I played with the 
additional ways of finding things, especially the oh the the guys who go off and con convert your materials. The materials trader. Yeah, them. So I went off and uh, when I was trying to do my exploration, not my exploration, my engineering, I was try I was using the material trader and things like that as well, just to give everything a fair shot. And of course, EDDB doesn't have the <laughs> materials traders in it, so I was forced, as it were, to use the in-game tools, and it worked. But God help you if you're out in the Pleiades, because you ain't going to find diddly squat out there. And even in the bubble, even though they said they were fairly common, finding that trader within your 40 light year radius could still be very, very awkward. I think what most people will do is they'll go to INRA and um, in our, sorry, and um, just look at where the closest material traders are and use that. Oh, that's what I do with EDDB all the time as well. Oh dear, I do apologise. The Twitch chat seems to have gone a bit Buck Rogers mad. Yes, well. Yes. So. I think the one of the big ones that we had to deal with over over the, the last week or so with the crime and punishment is this issue with the kill warrant scanner. Now, <clears throat> from what I understand, the kill warrant scanner is now changing so that instead of getting all the bounties on a scan, you only get the most valuable one. Now, this has raised a little bit of a debate a little bit, geez, on the forums. So, Sean, <coughs> would you like to take us through some of the issues that you have with it? Well, they're not necessarily my issues, but these are issues that people have brought up. So I'm just sniggering because I thought you said kill Walnut. But anyway. Um, yes, the, the, the primary issue is is not the amount of money you get from the kill warrant scanner because previously it would then add up all the naughty things a, uh, a, a player had or NPC had done and then give you the total. It's not necessarily the total amount. It's because it only returns the highest, which if you um, are using the, the background sim or if there's a, a CG, for example, that... Um, so you've got, you got a faction, sorry, I'm getting an awful lot of hissing on, on the line at the moment. Um, if you've got a faction uh, that's running a bounty CG, if you kill um, ships that are wanted by that faction, all well and good, you know, you get the bounty. However, if you get a ship which has a bigger bounty mm -hmm. than what the CG uh, owning faction is, you don't. And also, it, it's possible to have to kill ships owned by that faction who are also wanted and then gain reputation by said faction because you killed a criminal. Mm -hmm. If it's just if it's just the highest one, what could happen is potentially you could go on a bounty hunting spree and end up hostile to the faction that is running the CG. Right. I, I see where you're going with that. 
So um, Sandro was asked to, you know, explain the rationale behind some of these changes. And the rationale he gave confused quite a lot of people because the reason I believe he gave was that it's because bounties don't expire and are attached to a ship, it's possible to keep killing the same ship again and again and again and getting a bounty you know, reward for it. Yes. Um, which must admit, did kind of puzzle me because bounties are faction-based now anyway, so I don't see the difference between killing a ship and getting a bounty again now and then doing that in the new system. Yeah, I mean, I must admit that this this has led to a little bit of confusion, um, especially, uh, I mean, we were, how, how often were we discussing this, Jan? Because we seem to be going around in circles. I mean, I was under the impression that, say, you have, it's, it's been put in place basically to stop uh, uh, an exploit between uh, players sniping each other when they've got enough bounty. Um and, you know, I'm passing that credit value on to a, a newbie player, so to speak. Now, the impression that I was under was that if you had, say, six bounties by different factions, um, if someone shoots and, and takes out and collects that bounty using the kill warrant scanner, that is only the top bounty which disappears and is cleaned from that ship leaving another four or five bounties against that commander, and thus all the NPC bounty hunters and police vessels will still come after them, depending on the severity or notoriety that is available. The thoughts I had with that, because I know we had a chat um, during the week about it, is that really isn't any different to how it is now. And the... People say, well, what about NPCs? Because NPCs aren't persistent. They're generated by the game. So even though you see an NPC with the same name, it's not the same NPC that's got a bounty elsewhere. They don't carry over because they're not persistent. Mm -hmm. um, and since the player bounty is capped at 1 million credits anyway, and the player who you kill still has to pay the bounty, I'm not really sure where the loophole is. I mean, I could be completely missing something here, and I'm perfectly happy to have it explained to me, but I just don't see the logic of where it's going. Now, I had a chat to a few people again during the week, and there were some theories they came up with, which are possible, but I'm not sure would warrant the um, inconvenience. Mm -hmm. Is that one of them is that if you, uh, because bounties don't expire and are now on a per ship and faction basis, yeah it would be theoretically possible to fill up the transaction panel with kill warrant scanner stuff when you scan them. And also the scan would then take a long period of time to go around and check and check their records. Mm -hmm. So it, it's more of a performance interface issue than it is a logical issue. Mm. And, yeah. yeah, I see what you mean. But I think, I think we might have actually hit the, the way i see it is that i think we might have hit a limitation of the the new way crime and bounty hunting works is that at, the, at presently um i know that the individual is capped at what two million credits with the, the present system with the with the kill warrant scanner under the new uh 
under the new system, if they hadn't restricted it to just the one bounty, then it would have got all six, say, six bounties, which would have been two million each, therefore 12 million. Uh, but you, it's capped. Yeah, at the moment, it's, no, it's still capped. Yeah, it's capped at the moment, but I think there's a restriction in the new system where it's capped only by faction. So if they'd had six or seven um, wanteds under six or seven different factions, and you'd use the kill warrant scanner, you could have had up to approximately, a f I don't know, a 14 million credits available to you if you managed to take them out. But I think that's how it to, is now. I think, that's how, I think if you have a... A large bounty in several systems. When you kill warrant scan, it's still capped at that anyway. Well, yeah, I think it, it is a restriction of the new system, which, uh, yes. I, I just, I just wish Frontier would explain it more, so that people like me don't spend all week scratching my head as yeah, to, I, as, as to why it was changed, and because. Uh, being realistically here, being realistic here, hardly anyone bounty hunts players. PvP players do not bounty hunt players because if it uses up a slot, they could have to a, a shield booster or whatever um, that is put to better use than a kill warrant scanner. The main people that this will impact are the PvE bounty hunters who do the CGs, who go around res sites or whatever killing to get their crown rank up and that is a big impact potentially on those players so i'd like to understand what about the new system makes that impact a worthwhile sacrifice and i haven't got my head around that side of the equation yet yeah i think i, uh, I think maybe more clarification is going to be needed from frontier um but yeah it has certainly caused a lot of debate on the forums but leaving that aside for the moment, let's move on to something a little bit more positive. I'll just quickly go around the table and see what everyone was surprised, pleasantly surprised, about the uh, the the beta three. So, Ben, how little I hated the final engineering changes. Oh, right. Because yeah, you know, originally I was very much these engineering changes are the worst thing ever. What the hell are Frontier playing? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then Frontier did a few changes, and I actually got my finger out my arse and actually tried it out. And I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to hate it. Uh, and even better, part of the reason I was hating it was I've been one of these guys that's like, okay, fine. I'm running a. I've got a, type, uh, a class five one now. It's all good. I don't, you know, I don't really care. I don't need to min max it fully. It's just whatever. Um, whereas now, it's a case of oh, okay, we're at rank five, but if I do another two more, then that gets me up to one hundred percent. So it's a lot easier to get yourself up to a god roll thing, which previously could have been requiring thousands of rolls which I actually think is going to level the playing field a bit. Yeah, I must admit, I, I did think that, that as far as you know, the PvP crowd are concerned, I, I think they, they received this quite positively, didn't they? Because they, they suddenly realised it puts in a level playing field again. 
I have no idea about that. Well, the big the, the big um, controversy amongst the PvP community about the engineering change was initially was how modules are going to be grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, uh, that's still an issue because there are modules now in existence that you can't replicate even with experimental effects. So it's still a, it's still an issue, but it's not as big an issue as it was because what Frontier then went and did is they then upped up the the top end to make it so that um, a God roll dirty drive, for example, uh, in, under the old system, can now be exceeded under the new system. So basically, instead of not grandfathering over everything, they just raised the bar a bit and said everyone can now get that. Um, the grandfathering is still an issue, I think, with with uh, in the edge cases. But by and large, I think upping it has has solved it. Although I am concerned a bit about power creep. Um, mm. I think everybody's a little bit concerned about power creep, especially when you see the technology broker and things like that. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Well, Ashley, um, did you play the beta? And if so, what were your pleasant surprises um i didn't get that much time to play in the beta unfortunately um various bits and pieces going on but um the chieftain sounds like a thargoid i'm sorry but that's the first thing that came to my mind when i flew it was that 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 kind of scary nice quiet at the same time and the boost was like yeah, that that was really nice on big speakers. That that was fun. The neighbours didn't enjoy it so much, but I did. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you should mention that the Thargoids, because aren't the Alliance supposed to have rumoured Thargoid reverse-engineered technology? I don't I know if that's know. canon, to coin a phrase. It's always been suspected, though. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, Shan... Was, what was the what was the surprising positive for you then? I enjoyed the um, Thargoid Scouts. I thought they were a great introduction uh, to the game because Thargoids always seem to be, you know, you have to be a super pilot with a mega ship to take down. And now with the Scouts, that's killable by normal weapons. They've enabled um, players of almost any size ship to... Um, Play against Thargoids. Yeah. And I, and I thought that was a really positive mood. Uh, mood, sorry. Um, so, yeah. And I, uh, David Braben said they would be in. Um, but I was surprised presently by the way they were implemented. Mm. I must admit, I did, I did quite enjoy those Thargoid, uh, Thargoid battles. I lost, a, I lost a T10 and a Cobra to them. But it was still a blast. It reminded me a little of uh, XCOM Interceptor which is one of my old favorite games. So, uh, yeah, two thumbs up for me. It's, it's, it was a fantastic little dogfighter. I think it's something that's been missing. And, and we did see our very first uh, non-human signal source class 8, I believe. Yes, that's, oh, yes, that, that was horrible, because I dropped into one of them, where you ended up with, I think, eight of these Thargoid scouts, and then two basilisks decide to join in. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, I was wanting my brown flout suit. And yes, the do the truckers have 
uh, a name for these new Thargoid scouts yet, Grant? I mean, we know about the little thuckers. I don't think we've decided. I don't think we're finalised on one. Um, I think he's busy making one up. No, no, we, we do. We <laughs> he's, did. Looking, he's looking up this Profanosaurus, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, personally, yeah, I have to agree with Shan, um, mostly because I really enjoy dealing with those smaller Thargoid vessels. Um, there, there was also the wing missions, which I think uh, it, they lived up to the name. It was a real improvement and something that was, uh, I thought, really added to the game. So is everybody looking forward to 3.0 based on your experiences? Hell yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. I think so. Um, as I say, I need to see how the engineering stuff affects my ships in live. And cause I didn't get a lot of chance to engineer all my current ships. So I don't know. But I have been spending what time I have had busy collecting as many um, very rare materials as I could get my hands on. Um, in preparation for having to re-engineer my entire fleet. Mm. Yes, that's that's. I mean, I must admit. Did, I mean, did anyone like the 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 way that they changed all the uh, uh, the resources, the way that they 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 broke them down by level? Because I thought that was that was a clever idea to do. You know, the the mats where the level one mats are. Th- you've now got three hundred instead of just a hundred. Yes, they need to do. They need to do something about that um, because, as people have rightly pointed out, it limited the um, numbers of jump boosts people could store. Although they did change one of the recipes, I believe they now includes carbon, um, which people may not have been collecting or have to hand. So, if you're an ex- if you're an explorer, get collecting carbon because your jumponium mm. might not work. Yeah. Okay, Grant, um, have you managed to come up with a, uh, a name for those small Thargoids yet? No, no, we had, we had, we kind of had some discussion on the um, last week's show, but it didn't take yet. So I think we'll definitely have one once they become a bit more of a, a going concern for people. <laughs> okay, so uh, what we'll do is we'll go for a quick ad break and then we'll come back with the vast amount of community news that we have to go over. <laughs> It's sales, sales, sales at Pease Onesie Palace. Yes, here at Pop, everything is on sale and we're sure to have the onesie for you. Whether it's off the rack or custom made, Pop will have the onesie you're looking for guaranteed. Look at this one, 60% off our pink hunting onesie. If the outdoors are your thing, this onesie will cope with every element you can throw at it. And every element you can throw inside it too. With built-in night sight and silent running mode, your prey will be history long before you are. Well, what about this? 75% off our old-timers plaid onesie. Complete with its own internal drainage system and cushioned rear, you can doze for hours in that chair knowing that when your bowels move, you don't have to. How about 60% off our Lave radio collection? Yes, you too can come inside the orange sidewinder. Be your own demon debugger. This wipe clean onesie comes with Imperial Remlock so that you can shut yourself up before making a gaff. Plus, hundreds of pockets for your second technician's tools and a built-in calculator for making those on-the-fly calculations. 
We must be insane to take 50% off, yes, 50% off any sleeping onesie. Long trip into space coming up? Well, you need our sleeping onesie with full diesel down filling and lullaby player. This onesie soothes your day away so you can get maximum rest. The automatic inflating hood becomes a pillow of comfort. Or get the deluxe model that comes with an inbuilt cocoa maker for the serious slumberer, as well as our rock to sleep trademark button and sleep like a baby. And for this week only, survival onesies are 40% off. Are you scared when you go out that you may not make it back alive? Well, fear no more. Pop survival onesies are the choice of the galaxy. Capable of taking a beam laser to the chest and with an inbuilt fridge and cooker, you can stay alive for weeks in our survival onesies. One press of a button and a distress call is sent out displaying your location. Did you hit an ocean of freezing methane? Well, your onesie will automatically turn into the ultimate flotation device and never be hot or cold with full air conditioning. You'll be the best looked after castaway that ever lived. But that's not all. Custom onesies are 30% off. Yes, 30% off. We will customize your onesie to your specifications. You only have one arm? Well, why not use the other arm as a blender for making smoothies on the go? Or turn it into a fish tank for displaying that wonderful jaunty bass you caught? All our onesies come with patented limb lock capabilities should you lose any body parts. And air filters for the more flatulent customer. So get on down and get the onesie you've always deserved to peace onesie polish today! Wow, I must admit, I, w I was willing that advert announcer to breathe at some point. <laughs> well, there I has think been. We all need one of those onesies. <laughs> uh, do you think Colin's going to turn a Lavecon onesie? At Lavecon? No, I'm not going to turn up in a Lavecon onesie. Sheesh. Why not? I'm no, I'm not even going to go there. So, in the community news this year, this year <laughs> you've got about that later. Get, we have Project One Six Eight. Now, I must admit, I've missed out on this one. So, could someone bring me up to speed on what Project One Six Eight is? Yes, I can. It's P's onesie. It's not. It's not. It's nothing to do with that at all. It's uh, a. <laughs> Project 168, which is the number of hours of streaming that is going on this week. It started 6pm Sunday evening with command the Commander, who uh, obviously the Commander and DJ Truthsayer did Project 168 last year um, as a way of doing a charity stream in the run-up to the game, well, would have been Game Blast 17 last year, and managed to, to raise between the two of them uh, a ridiculous donkulous uh, it was over 11k oh yes it was last year i'm just trying to see i'm, I'm sure i put this in the notes <coughs> i must have lost it in the notes anyway um so last year they did this and they, they, they did 12 hour shift so every day one would uh, you know dj would do one 12 hours then they dan would take over for 12 hours and they frankly nearly killed each other because uh, dj truth got sick really quickly so this year they have decided, you know, let's open it up, bring in even, even more and more and more people, which they have done. They have a fantastic schedule of uh, all the streamers, and Saturday is particularly impressive. There's a ton of uh, big music streamers. One of the ones that I, uh, one of my particular favourites is the Luck Music, who are streaming on Saturday for a bit. Uh, Megan Lanius is there as well. There's just so many big named streamers involved. And they are trying to raise a massive one hundred thousand pounds. So it's not a small 
undertaking. Wow. They're wanting to raise that. Now, that's split between the two charities that they've picked, which is, of course, special effects on one side. So 50000 for special effects and 50000 for stack-up. Um, if you want to see what's going on, or get involved, you can go to tv.forthemug.com because we've got it hosted there. Um, but basically, you are looking for Project 168, which is twitch.tv forward slash Project 168. It will be constantly going while people jump in and out and they change streamers. At the moment, I think they're on a six-hour schedule for the streamers, and then it will change as we get closer to the point where there's more people available. I think Kate clicks in there. Um, I think the commander has... He was he started it, and I think he'll be joining DJ Truthsayer towards the end uh, as well. Um, but yeah, a huge undertaking, and and they just need your spare pennies. Of course, this all leads into Game Blast 18, which kicks off in the 23rd to the 25th of February, which is that weekend where the industry gives back to spatial effects by some of them donate their takings for that weekend. Other ones are getting involved in events and fundraising for special effects, who are obviously an amazing charity. So... Yeah, get in, have a look and see what's going on, Project 168. The one thing that they need from you, other than your money, is people talking to them to just keep them awake. <laughs> now, <laughs> there are two Just Giving pages. We will put them into the show notes, but you can get the links by going to twitch.tv forward slash Project 168 and you can see the donate buttons for each charity there if you want to go and lend your financial support, but we'll get those links into the show notes as well. So, yeah, I mean, the, we've got, let's see, Binky73, he's planning a 24-hour stream uh, as part of Game Blast. We've got Fluffy Bunny Square. Now, Fluffy Bunny, uh, he's doing something slightly different. Um, he is actually going to be having a, what we would consider a sort of mini elite meet down in Smoky Joe's in Cheltenham on Sunday the 25th of February. So at 1 o'clock to 6 o'clock he'll be running an event. There'll be some stuff there. There'll be some retro gaming, I think. He's got some things lined up. And of course, to sort of set it all off, he will be shaving his head. He'll be taking those long, luscious locks, as I put in the notes, will be savagely torn from his head as they are tied to the tails of a flock of rabid bunny rabbits who will then be set loose. No, that's not true. It's just not true. He's just getting his head shaved live. So if you want to go and see him lose that amazing head of hair that he has, if you have met Stephen Ashley, uh, the amazing commander Fluffy Bunny, then... You know what we're talking about. He has long, 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 long hair. And uh, it's going now. That happens to be the Sunday after, because we're having a a Glasgow pizza meet the night before then. um, And we'll hopefully be taking some money and and thinking about uh, his event as well, um, as we have a ridiculous amount of commanders eating a ridiculous amount of food. So we're going to try and flodge them for some money as well. Bicky73, he's going to be doing the 24-hour stream. And we have another streamer that got in touch, um, Herigon, who is planning on doing a number of streams over the Game Blast days, as and when he can. They've all got their Just Given pages, which we'll again link to in the show notes so that you can support them should you want to, and should you be able to, or just go and check them out when they're streaming and give them a bit of support, because it is... I mean, Bicky, he's, 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 he's not exactly... You know, a youngin, and he's got <laughs> twenty-four hours without sleep, 
I can't do 24 minutes. <laughs> oh, dear. That's, that's oldies, you see. All, all those old crusties. <laughs> yeah, I barely make it through my Drabble show without at least two naps. Um... <laughs> Well, that would explain a few things, actually. So, yeah, oh, it's quite exciting, actually. Again, you know, we're wanting to make this year uh, an amazing uh, support for special effects who are an amazing charity. And I have to declare that I was asked to be an ambassador for the charity a, bit, a year and a bit ago. Um, so I was proud to be asked and really happy because I don't think it's one of those things where um, you're just it's such an easy question to answer isn't it do you want to be an ambassador for this charity uh, yeah uh, special effects uh, yeah definitely um, uh, now uh, Fluffy Bunny has got tickets that are being I'm not sure if they're being sold or not whatever the, the, the all the money's going to special effects name, but you can get those through eventbrite.co.uk um, and we'll put a link up for that uh, f- I think it's called Fluffy's Game Blast 18 um, <laughs> Elite Dangerous Get Together for Special Effects Tickets If you want to search for <laughs> If you want to search for that or just wait until we get the show notes up It's up to you <laughs> Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, um, it's a big community page What else is there? Oh yeah, so yeah, of course one of the things, I was, I sent out a message today on Twitter and things to try and see if you are streaming for special effects because it won't be this weekend, it'll be the weekend after, and if you want us to give you a shout out on next Tuesday's live radio show to give you a little bit of a, a help up, then get in touch, you, know, you can either contact us through in, uh, info at laveradio.com by email, or by Twitter or through the Facebook page, contact me directly at PsychoCow, wherever you want and um, I'll get you added to the list so that we can keep track of it, it was really bugging me for the last couple of weeks I can remember people saying that they were doing stuff, and then when I went to write them all down, I could barely remember then any of them <laughs> which is just me being crap so I apologise to everyone that said something but if you could just drop me a note give me your details where you're just giving pages so that we can give you a good shout out next week and hopefully help you smash your targets well yeah I mean that's that's all very charitable and uh, so a lot of charity stuff going on at the moment um, so, but uh, one of the things that um, has been announced is the PAX East Frontier Community Meet. Uh, so, basically, if you guys are available on the evening of the 5th of April and you are close to Boston, you can get tickets for the Frontier Community Meet. It's got a limited, limited capacity, so it's a, under a first-come, first-served basis. And um, there is a link on the forum, uh, which you fill out a Google form, and they will re- respond to you to confirm that you've got tickets and will uh, um, pass on details thereon. Now, we've been to uh, one of these Frontier Community Meets in Birmingham last year, and... It really, they really are quite good. Free food, drinks, and a lot of silliness on stage with uh, well, what you expect, really, with, with a certain Mr. Lewis jumping around like a hyperactive hobbit. But, 
I don't think any of us can get over that. He is hyperactive, Hop, though he's not. Charles, it's more his striptease that he did that I I still got scars about. Eh? And striptease where he took off like his 50 bazillion t-shirts. <laughs> Honestly, he came out looking like the Michelin man. He was as white as he was tall. There's <laughs> <laughs> not a video of that anymore. I think it's been taken. Censored. I think it's been taken down to for for to help people for with taste. their trauma. <laughs> so so basically, the idea of this was Ed was highlighting a bunch of community groups, and for every single community group he highlighted, he had a T-shirt of them. And uh, so he came out wearing his Frontier T-shirt, took that off, and underneath that he had. A truckers T-shirt. Underneath that, you had a Lave Radio T-shirt. Underneath that, you had an STC T-shirt. Underneath that, you had a Gal Cop T-shirt, and so on. And yeah, he had a bazillion T-shirts on. It was I was, I, I'm surprised he actually made it through. He looked as if he was going to faint warm. at one point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we'll, we'll say that the uh, Frontier Community meets are quite a laugh, and we'd recommend if you are able to go. Uh, especially in, in Boston, that will be fantastic. And uh, please go and give your support. Now, this is an interesting one because Fuzzer, uh, our second tech, was asking me the other day whether or not there was uh, something similar to this. But it does look like at rogi.co.uk elite dangerous slash ship builds, you have a kind of rate my build um, website. Thing, yeah. Yeah, so Fozza, someone has gone and uh, managed to... Uh, it's something I actually... I, I bumped into it the other day. Um, and I, I was just looking around for ship builds, thinking about, you know, what do I want to do if I'm going to do an Explorer Conda? And just for a giggle, I actually thought that it was part of Coriolis.io. Um, but it's not. You know, I couldn't find any of that kind of functionality over in Coriolis. But a quick Google later went off and gave me this thing on Rogi. And I was like, okay, that's actually this. I've no idea how good these builds actually are. But there's potential in there um, to, you know, to rate your build, basically. Which is, you know, it, was, it looks like it could be very, very handy if you're not quite sure what you want to put on. I think it's a reasonable starting place. So yeah. if you've got no idea what you want your beluga to look like or be equipped, you can have a look at it and think, oh, okay, I can see where they're going with this and use it as a template to tailor it yourself. Mm. Yep. So and moving on from there, we have uh, a community of galactic photographers in Elite Dangerous called Gal Photo. Um, ben? Yeah, so Gal Photo is basically... It's actually something I, I discovered about half an hour or so before the show when I was just looking around. And I was like, hey, you know, please come join us. We've got a Discord channel, which is discord.io slash galphoto. And you know, we've, they've got everything to, you know, from the, they've got photog photographs, obviously, but they're also, they give you hints and guides as to how to take good photographs. Uh, what makes good good cine, cine, yeah, cinematography? Um, God, that's almost as bad as some of your words, Colin. Cinematography. There we go. Um, but it looks like it could be a really good asset 
if you're wanting to try to take that special shot of that special asp in front of something, um, and they obviously it's Discord, so you can obviously upload and share as well. <laughs> well, after all the uh, um, hoo-ha on the forums, it could have been a T7 in front of everything. <laughs> could have been. But they nerfed the hyperdrive. I know. <laughs> Well, to be honest, you don't want to have a, a nice Vista spoilt by a brick that is the T7. It would actually make a poor exploration ship because the heat profile of a Type 7 is horrendous. So if you were to engineer it to get a really great jump level um, oh. or use the power, it would cook itself within five jumps. Ooh, oh no. No, I think I think it's best to keep the T7 where it was. It's it's not the newer USS Enterprise, is it? No, it's more like a, a lorry with a big fuel tank, <laughs> or a really big gas tank. Yes, space trucking. <laughs> and, and finally, and one thing to to keep an eye out before we we hand over to Grant for for a big announcement. Um, Keep an eye out for uh, the latest epi- the latest release of the Sagittarius I. It should be coming out quite soon. They uh, have just released a new a, a front page spread of the next issue. So, um, as per usual, the Sagittarius I is, is a good ten minute and well put together uh, uh, digital magazine, which uh, should be out probably in the next week or so. Yeah, it's always very professional in the way it looks and reads and everything. You can tell there's an awful lot of work that goes into it. And, and yeah, how they manage to keep that consistency up month after month, you've got to applaud them. But the big thing that, that has hit the community this week is the ECM, or Elite Community Meet. Grant, would you like to do the honours? Yes. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this section of the show. No, the Elite Community Meet is, of course, our uh, our little community-run... In fact, they're all really community-run, aren't they? All of our conventions are community-run. They're run by members of the community who think, you know what we should do? We should meet up and do stuff. And Elite Meet uh, was the original form way, way back, uh, back when we had had, I think, the first LaveCon and Fantasticon was looking so far away and a little voice in the forum called Alien went, Oi! Can't we just do something in between? And so we had the first Elite Meet and it's gone on. Um, it's not been every year, but it's been most years. And then, of course, this what year... What year hasn't it been? Uh, the, there was one, probably the second year. Or was the third year? I thought we had Manchester, Birmingham. No, there was there was a there was Bristol. a yeah there was a gap of one year oh, where Bristol we missed. Was that, okay, well maybe. Oh, between Manchester and Birmingham. Yeah, and then of right. course you and know then, we've, okay. we've all had uh, a different number of people, different areas. That's the kind of point about the elite uh, community meet is that it's going to move around the country, trying to be close to many people rather than being in a set location that you have to travel to, so that we can try and get new faces and and frankly new people addicted to the. Uh, joys that are meeting up at an elite convention and it's a very low-key affair and what i mean by that is the the primary kind of concept of it is to meet up 
and that's about it. That's really all we really want is <laughs> find a place. Everyone goes there and you meet, you can have a drink, you can have some food together, you can have a chat. And then it's over the years, it's grown and developed as more and more people in the local areas jump forward and go, hey, I've got these retro machines. Can I bring them along and let people have a go? Absolutely. Oh, I've got a, 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 the new Oculus Rift. Can I bring that along and demo? Of course you can. I've got some cool games I'd like to share. I've got some board games. I've, I've been working on my own developed board game and so on and so forth until we have these rooms full of tables of people playing board games. We had some podcasting done by the Pixel Bandits last year at Bristol, which was a stunning, stunning setting. What, a, what a, an impressive haul. The year before that, it was Glasgow, where we had Ed Lewis giving us an open mic uh, session and some songs, which were just spectacular as well. So every year has its own unique flavour. It tends to come down to the guys that are kind of running it, or the sort of what you'd call your chief uh, organiser for that year. This year, we have Rob and Dave, who are our kind of point guys on the ground, making the calls, and then we all sit behind them and go... Oh, you're doing that wrong. That looks rubbish. Oh, man, what have you done there? And blaming them for everything whilst thoroughly enjoying their work. And so this year it is in Reading. Uh, No, it's not really Reading, is it? It's about 10 miles out of Reading, if I remember correctly. It's the Hilton St Anne Hotel in Wokingham, which is near Reading. And we have put the tickets on sale last night. Now, we have uh, a number of different ticket options. Not to make it too complicated, we've got an entry ticket. That's it. (laughs) That's pretty much it. £12.50 for an entry ticket, and that's for the convention. If you want a day meal, or as we call it up north, lunch... That is an additional £7.50. And if you want to join for uh, dinner as well, then there's £13. If you know the local... Is is dinner a night meal? Yeah, that would be... I thought thought dinner was at lunchtime. Well, see, this is the problem. This is why the day (laughs) meal makes me laugh, because lunch is the one thing we all kind of agree on. But dinner is another one. That's another thing altogether. Mm. So next it'll be supper. (laughs) When's tea? (laughs) Yeah, you guys, you're not coming... You're barred. Uh, the, oh. the, yes, the there is a bar, meal, I'm assuming. Yeah, there is definitely a bar. The evening meal is, uh, the menus and things will be, information will be up as soon as we've got it, but um, £13 for the evening meal. So you can pick what you like and um, join us on the day. If you want to turn up on the day and pay at the door, you may not be able to get the lunch because I think numbers are going to have to be in beforehand um, so be wary of that but if you know the local area and you just want to pop in and have a look at what's going on then you can pay your, your door price come in meet some guys don't be shy because you know we've got a whole load of people that are dead shy and we've all gone down to conventions and now they're you know raging nut jobs and uh, wouldn't think twice of not going to one of these events to become so addicted we will have VR there for you to try we will have guys that run VR, not professionally, but play it, and that you can ask proper, proper questions to that are relevant. You know, like, is it worth the money? How often do you play? And really, really get that kind of things. Um, so that's quite important, and it's a unique thing. Colin, you got a question? Well, yes. The one of the things, unfortunately, I know that I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to be uh, available, unfortunately. But one thing I was wanting to do was uh, I was wanting the Elite Miniatures to make the Elite Miniatures game to make an appearance. So, if there is someone who fancies going down to this 
and would like to be uh, shown how to uh, game master the game, the Elite Miniatures game, can you just get me in touch with me? I'll, I'll take you, sh you through how to, uh, how to run a demo session and uh, then give you the materials. Oh, my God, am I going to be trusting you with these materials? Would it be handy to uh, be familiar with the Star Wars miniatures game? Or is um, that not really a requirement? It's not really a requirement, but, you know, um, if any experience of board games like that would be advantageous. So if, the, if there is someone out there who'd like to take it down and demo it uh, and bring everything back in one piece, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Please, uh, please get in touch. So yeah, we've been. We obviously we've got a lot of things that's not confirmed. We've got a lot of uh, people that are desperate and interested. We've sold quite a few tickets already as well. I think we've got a maximum um, capacity of two hundred. This isn't a big event. This is a small event, and really, it's down in Reading to try and capture all those people that are near that area that don't make it to the Lavecons, that don't make it to the Fantasticons, and couldn't get up to Glasgow two years ago to our uh, elite meet there. So we're, we're trying to sort of tap into the new thing. So you're down there and you've got something unique that you think people in the elite community would be, you know, really impressed by. Um, then, you know, get in touch, let us know. We'll try and see. If you've got a community group that hasn't really been shouted out loud at any point whatsoever, then let us know. Come along, bring some, you know, materials or you can do a little live broadcast or a discussion table if that's what you want to do. There is, excuse me, there is no set plan. We do not have a table of entertainment. It's not that kind of meat. But that does mean that if you want to do something special, that the floor can be made open to you and we can see what you need or you can bring what you need to do what you want to do. We will have representatives from special effects talking about what they do and we are hoping to have some representation from the Hearing Dogs for the Deaf charity as well, which is the two charities that all profits from this event are split evenly between and go to at the end of the event, we publish the complete figures for what we take in and what we spend and what goes out. And every penny above and beyond what is needed as costs does go to these charities. There is absolutely no room for error. Simuf is the uh, number jockey on this and he goes down to every last penny. And of course, last year we had a number of people that were submitting things as their donations towards the event and this event rocks because it is completely off the back of the community and we just work hard to create these events for ourselves because it's what we like to do i'll tell you there's nothing better than sitting down and and, and having an hour to two hours to three hours as long as you flipping well want sitting at a table with like-minded idiots playing games that you'd never be able to play at home because your wife just gives you that look no i'm not <laughs> playing that has it got dice in that game no i'm not playing it <laughs> so if you're like that of course if you want to go and host an rpg session if you're an elite encounters owner if you're one of the you know and you want to gm a session this place is perfect for you. You're going to have no end of people desperate to play it. If you're an EDRPG fan and you've got that book and you've got a, a mission that you just want to try out on people that get it, if you understand what I mean by that, you know, you talk about Elite, you don't have to explain it like you do to your gran. It's a game about flying in space. Oh, that's nice. 
Do you shoot the little aliens? Yes, you do, Gran. Oh, that's great. And then, yeah, two weeks later, you're explaining the same thing. Why do you play this game so much? Oh, just, it's, it's fun. Are you okay? <laughs> Are you taking anything? No, Gran, I'm all right. It's, it's just a game. It's not... Oh. I tell you what, I tried with my Gran to explain it, that, you know, the, the whole backing thing. And bless her, she still thinks I'm part of the development team, and I cannot get it, <laughs> could not get it into her head. No, no, we just helped to get made. All oh, right, you're working for it. No, I'm not working. Oh, Grant. <laughs> anyway, so if you have issues like that and you want to come and be part of this event, we would love to see you. Go to elitecommunitymeet.com or elitemeet.info. We are in the process of changing the name and rebranding it to make it a little bit more well, a little bit less elite meaty and clashing with the whole frontier elite meets and to make it a little bit more community And they go and make it the bloody community meets. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You, yeah, fools seldom differ. And um, it's one of these things where we really want to open this up. I know it'll probably be, it's currently being um, organised by uh, sort of, well, Dave is obviously one of our founders of the truckers, so it does have a quite strong truckers feel to it. But, it's completely open. We want other player groups. The hammer of the hammers of slough. Uh, I was watching Playpy oh. doing a stream, and he was talking about them quite fancying hiring an open top bus and doing some kind of pilgrimage convoy to Reading from well, through slough. Isn't it quite near slough? Yes. yes they, apparently, they're they're having a pilgrimage to slough um, <laughs> to visit to, to visit the birthplace of the hammers, which apparently is the Greg's Bakery in Slough. <laughs> I've just seen Commander Witherspoon. My grand has got quite serious issues. Probably the most serious, but at least she's stable now. Um, so, yeah, you've got to come along. You've got to come along. If you want to get other player groups involved, if you are a member of a group, I know we'll have Pixel Bandits there. We should have, goodness knows who else. Who just, you know, we'll maybe even have some representatives from the sovereignty. They're invited. Everyone's invited. And it's just a great opportunity that if you've got a group and you want to arrange and have a table for your group to do some kind of activity together, then that is it. Just get in touch. Let us know. Email us. Uh, good question. Thanks for asking what the email address is. I can't flip and remember. <laughs> Something like I took past the No, I'll just give it to that's Mike. that's that's yeah, Come that, on, I just give it to Mike. He, he'll go. He, he will. He will literally. <laughs> he will literally. Yeah, crap a, a ticket. Um, oh, I'll, we'll find it with it. There's a contact us um, page on the Elite Meet page. We should send it. But there's a Google, a Google Mail email address uh, that you can contact us on, uh, which is. Something I'll have to try and figure out what the heck it was now, but I can't remember. But yeah, if you use the contact form, we'll get back to you. And then, or no, yeah, again, you can contact Vanti on directly if you have any specialist needs. Uh, get in touch with us, and uh, yeah, we can't wait. It's so exciting. But, but Grant, yeah? that's not it. There is an extra, isn't there? There is a bonus event on the Sunday. Oh, God. Yeah, I nearly forgot about that. Oh. What's happening on the Sunday? Well, you know you, we always have these pizza meets and we encourage you all to arrange an elite pizza meet in your neighbourhood. If you don't know how to do that, you find a pizza restaurant, you book it, and then you tell people, meet up then. That's you, you've done it. Well done, congratulations, you've done a pizza meet. And if you have maybe four or five people that turn up, then that's awesome. 
We're going for the biggest one on. Well, to be honest, I think the biggest one's going to be in two weeks' time in Simo's house. Um, it's getting ridiculous. So, but this one could be even bigger because we are having a pizza meet on the Sunday, and it will be spectacular. Let me just scroll down and get the details. Um, because the Pizza Express in Reading happens to be the Pizza Express that our very own Rob is in charge of. And he is willing <laughs> to teach all of you to become a huge bunch of tossers. So if you fancy tossing off your own dinner, then get in touch, let him know, or let us know through the Elite Meat page that you are interested in joining us on the Sunday as well. And Just wrong. Just so wrong. Well, it's it's all right. It's a dough. It's all, you know if you if you want to 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 yeah, manhandle your dough, toss it and make something circular in which you're going to stick all your food. Then that's exactly what they're going to do. So you'll have a wonderful lessons from the professionals from Pizza Express who do make one of the best pizzas I think you can get uh, from experience of the last couple of pizza meets we've done. The Pizza Express pizza is stunning. And, um, yeah, he's more than happy to close that restaurant down if the group of us is big enough and give proper, proper... It's going to be horrific. It's going to be like... <laughs> Why do I have an image of him walking up and down like some sort of judge in the generation game? I'm just he's deleting what I was about to say there. Kind of. Oh, God, it's the equivalent of the bake-off, isn't it? Well, no, yeah, but the bake-off doesn't have the contestants coming out like they've been in a room, locked in a room with horny elephants. I mean, you know, it's... You're gonna, what? <laughs> It's a visual. It's, a, it's just you know pizza doughs in your head and stuff and flour everywhere. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be epic, and just don't stand too close to Fletch. I've seen his pizza makings and they are horrific. Not to the point. It's Hobo you want to be wary of. His pizzas turn into calzones from what I hear. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. And they make sure you do wear your appropriate protective clothing, so that if you do leave looking like a plasterer, you're all right. Ugh. Sorry, did the elephant uh, comment just catch up with you now? Did the plasterer help? <laughs> Sorry. The plaster. believe it or not, the plasterer helped. But, I mean, has anybody got any, any final business they want to just quickly touch on before we go to on to shout-outs? Nobody said Domino's whinging bomb. Nobody said Domino's. Oh, crap, I've left my um, Xbox running there. I'm too busy getting caught up in the um, chat. Spiel. Yeah, the spiel. I've let uh, my account, my, 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 my Xbox controller, deactivate. It does sound, as I'm looking at what uh, one of Wotherspoons said, uh, you need to be quick, because there's 50 people already coming to the pizza meet. So I don't know what the capacity of the kitchen is, but I would expect it will fill up rather quickly. I think I heard something about 100. Um, I yep. think if, if he gets 100 people, he's going to have to close the restaurant. Well, like over, over 50, he has to close the restaurant and bring in extra it's staff. Over 50, he's got to close it. But it's <laughs> not, it just means that there's not enough room for them to cater for, um, you know... Real people. Real people in amongst that. I don't think anybody <laughs> would want to be in there. Can you imagine after a convention, you've got 50 <laughs> sweaty, elite, smelly people in... Oh. <laughs> it could be very nasty. Elite yeah. community meet dot com or elite meat dot info 
that's where you need to go to get the information on this event and just make sure you let us know if you want to come to the pizza meet as well if you forget on the form just email us using the form and let us know okay well in the in the news of uh, other uh, community uh, meets meetups um i'm quite sure everybody is aware that tickets will soon be uh, available soon for LaveCon 2018 on the 8th and the 10th of June. This will be the second round of tickets. Um, we're just waiting for, for Karen to get back in touch with us so that they'll be released and we'll let you know. Uh, use a shout-out for the CQC Discord for people who would like to play CQC and have trouble getting a match. So if you go to uh, DiscordMe slash um, Elite Dangerous CQC, uh, in the room uh, and basically just say hi I'd like a CQC match chances are they'll probably pull together about eight or nine people quite quickly for you to have a quick game so who have we got with us in the game at the moment Ben right um, outside live station on the PC we've got Dr. Sinister, Dr. Sinister Commander Jim Burr Miggles Paul Archer The Wig Oh, and there's an eagle that's just showed up as well. I don't know who's who's in the eagle. I need to find this eagle now. There it is. Who's the eagle? Maynard Drogolo. And Paul Archer's here. Uh, there's, there's a good bunch of the usual crowd are around. Well, hello to you all. Grant, was there many yes. people in the Xbox? Well, there wasn't many, but there was two. Worried Lobster and Good Time. Thank you for um, being here and putting up with me not being here. Yes, nice to see Xbox players out there. Uh, okay, um, well, we'll also point out that coming up after the end of this broadcast, we have Peter Witherspoon and his fantastic Galnet news. Uh, so, unless anybody's got any other business, any last shout-outs? On that stunning silence, I will call that... That's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook slash Lave Radio, and at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to tinyurlm.com slash lavechat, or you can join our TeamSpeak server, where commanders come to hang out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday at about half past 8 GMT and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Grant, thanks to Ben, thanks to Shan, and thanks to Ashley and all those commanders that have joined us outside Lave Station. So until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. <laughs>
damn it. No worries. Galnet News Digest, 13th of February, 3304. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Profitable Parallel Universe Warning. One and a half cheers for Ramtar. New thinking about the Thargoid threat. Profitable Parallel Universe Warning. Commanders who use parallel universes to profit from missions may be risking their sanity, according to leading psychologists. It's long been known that there are an infinite number of parallel universes that scale according to the number of commanders in them. It's also been known that the different parallel universes offer different missions at the same starport, and by switching between them, profit-hungry commanders can build up an unfeasibly large stack of missions. A recent example was the tens of millions of passengers who wanted to travel to Smeaton Orbital in LTT 9360. That entire system has a population of only 2 million souls, leading to questions about what was happening to them. Smeaton Orbital has incidentally also become the leading producer of a brand of highly nutritious protein snacks. The danger for commanders who flip through possible universes searching for profitable missions is that they may lose their grasp on reality, believing that they're playing a game rather than fulfilling life as a space pilot. Even worse, some commanders may eventually come to believe that they're still at work and that the pursuit of credit balances is more important than enjoying themselves amongst the stars. It's flipping dangerous. One and a half cheers for Ramtar. Slower-than-expected deliveries have forced Ramtar into a climb-down that may lead to his bankruptcy. The limpet maestro and countermeasure commander has held a fascination for Guardian technology since the first Guardian sites were discovered in January last year. He's pumped billions of his personal wealth into the effort, rewarding generously all commanders who assisted him. Last week, with Tar finally on the verge of bankruptcy, he devised a plan to earn some of that money back and fund his retirement. Having heard that Guardian technology is in high demand after its effectiveness against Thargoids was discovered, he appealed for commanders to bring him vast amounts of Guardian technology, which he planned to sell to wealthy commanders passing through the mean system. In his appeal, he claimed that he wished to conduct further research. This is untrue. The appeal is a money grab, pure and simple. However, support for his appeal was less than one-tenth of what he'd hoped, and his hopes have been dashed. Tar has said that galactic economics seem to be weighted in favour of independent pilots, 
and that he expects he'll be forced to continue working as an engineer for a few more years to make ends meet. Tar still hopes he can set up some sort of material exchange for Guardian technology in system. Something he intends to call a technology broker. New thinking about the Thargoid threat. Sagittarius I reporter Commander Louis Calver claims to have deduced that the Thargoids want war, but he doesn't know why. In a closely argued article, he argues that the Thargoids are technologically more advanced than us, including faster-than-light technology that means they could remain completely invisible to us if they chose. And he argues that there are documented meetings between Thargoids and representatives of humanity during the past 400 years, which means they can communicate with us. The Thargoids could already have destroyed us with their superior firepower, but have instead been dropping clues to the location of the barnacle sites in the Pleiades to lure us there. They then quite gently attacked the stations we established nearby, enough to annoy us, but not enough to drive us away. By contrast, the Thargoids appear to be manipulating the permit lock system to keep us out of the entirety of the Call 70 sector. So, they want us in the Pleiades, and they want us to be annoyed. But why do they want a war with us? Our technology is vastly inferior to theirs. They live on different planet types, so there's no competition for resources. The human-occupied homeworlds take up a tiny corner of the galaxy, so there's plenty of room for everyone. One thing Commander Calvert doesn't consider is the eager way that Thargoids harvest occupied escape pods. Perhaps they're not fighting us. Perhaps they're hunting. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.